Wednesday, 3rd of January, 2018. Take a chance and risk it. Wow, it's a bit frightening, isn't it? It sounds like a plug for gambling, but it's not. I'm referring to giving something the chance to live, like an idea, a relationship, a business idea, anything that is most pressing on your mind after weeks, months, and possibly years of being on the back burner. Most things that have been brewing in the back of my mind or my heart sometimes burst into life seemingly from out of nowhere and I run with it because I've learnt that often it is a long forgotten thought that has been sitting beneath my subconscious thought. It can take on a life of its own and suddenly all my focus is there with it and I go for it. I don't overthink it because that can kill it. Like writing this blog. I've jotted down about five ideas today, and this is the sixth. I gamble a bit with an idea and use the one that takes on life to me. It has to be something that I can sink my teeth into, or feel right, or one with, or most at peace with doing, and that becomes a pose for the day. I also write easier and quicker, and time is of the essence. Harry says it shouldn't take more than an hour, but with the podcast it has often been three times as long as that. Like you, I have a thousand thoughts that cram for space in my head every time I sit down to write, but I can only choose one or run the risk of losing all clarity. I mean, I wish I could write every thought that crops up and I hurry to note it down for another day. Sometimes I don't get it down quick enough and the moment and the thought is gone. I hate it when that happens. Sometimes I know I'm not going to be able to do it justice and I walk away from it for the time being. If I can break it down into two or three posts, I do that. I never want to throw something up on the blog just for the sake of it, you know? Every post deserves my full attention and you should have a decent post to read. I'm thinking of different people that I opened up to in my life. It's always a risk opening up your heart to someone but it's the only way to move forward, if you want to move forward with them, that is. Of course, cutting them out of your life is always an option, if you find that they're not what you thought they were, or they're not a right fit. But I believe in restoration and everything, and in every relationship. I try to fix things. I can't say that I'm successful in everything, because I'm not. It's not that it's impossible, but it can take a while. When it comes to relationships, the other person has every option open to stay with it or walk away as well. But personally, I've never liked quitting. I've done it a few times and it is most unsatisfactory. I'm an optimist and I believe in hanging in for the long term, whatever the opposition or despite opposition. I often fall back on Philippians 4 verse 8, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. The next verse says, if you do such things, the God of peace will be with you. The thought of having peace is what draws me back to this verse whenever I'm not sure I need to make a decision. I also take into consideration whether or not it is kind. I will not lie to someone to be kind, but I might forego offering the truth if it was kinder not to say it, and I try not to make a decision that will be unkind to someone. The times that I haven't considered these things took me a while to find peace, or I had no peace at all. 
But after considering all the options that I can live with, and when I have peace on the matter, I make my choice and stick with it. I am not easily shaken from my course. In light of what I've said here, take a chance and risk that idea that has been brewing in you for a while, and may you have peace as you move on it. Tuesday, 2nd of January, 2018. Shoulders back, head up, and eyes forward. I wonder if you are like me. My mind and heart are full of hope for what the new year might bring, and I wonder sometimes if I'm being too optimistic, because I think the beginning of anything is new and exciting. We have every reason to look at the new year in the best light possible. Of course, it also means that we're going to be another year older, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I wouldn't go back to being a teenager again for anything, nor would I want to have to relearn all the things that it's taken years to acquire. Nice though it would be sometimes not to know too much, ignorance is not bliss, and relearning the good and the bad all over again does not appeal. I have done most things that I wanted to in life, though of course not everything. There is always something else that comes along and I think to myself, I wouldn't mind giving that a go. There are other times when I think absolutely positively no, I don't want a bar of it. I have an operation coming up sometime. It is a bit unnerving and I may be out of action for nine months to a year. Knowing that, I want to get as much done as possible. My nanny used to say, Look the world in the eye, my darling, head up, shoulders back, and eyes forward. She told me not to be afraid to step out, no matter how I felt, and never let them see you with your guard down. It was great advice to a shy teenager, and long before I heard about it, I acted the part until it became natural. I see every new year as one full of opportunity, and usually set a new task to achieve, or a couple of goals that are fairly achievable within weeks or months, and add them to others that are already in progress, like the books which have been ongoing for years. Setting an end date didn't always pan out, but I'd work in such a way that it would encourage me to keep at it and not lose heart. I did not beat myself up when the time for completing the books grew beyond every end date that I set. I think I knew that I wasn't ready to be published. I woke up in October 2015 and couldn't move, and my goal in 2016 was to be able to walk down my drive. Tiffa died in January, and my plans and hopes died too when I was hospitalized. I got out of hospital at Easter, and my goals had changed. All my energy became focused on getting through the first hour and then the second hour and one hour at a time each day. Time for me stood still and the days blurred one into another. I bought a power fit in June and used it every day. I thought it would be good for me and it was. It helped to build muscle tone and gave me strength and energy and I was able to walk down my drive in November with the aid of a pulpit walker, which held me upright and kept the pressure off my back and neck. Being able to walk again was wonderful and made my world bigger. In 2017, I decided 
to make some adjustments to brighten and lighten my home and got a builder in to do some work and my brother-in-law did some work too as the weather grew warmer i felt my strength returning and set myself a task that seemed beyond me at the time to decorate my new bedroom it was physically daunting for me to consider and i planned it for late spring or early summer it took seven weeks i stopped and started with dizziness and vertigo and was exhausted at times for days that kept at it and got it done for my birthday like i wanted with five days to spare my friend sam would have done it in a matter of days thanks to inspiration from fixer upper better homes and gardens and bunnings the lounge is getting a facelift working on the house is a physical workout for me and some tasks are being spread out over a few days with days of rest in between it took a few hours yesterday and a few hours more today to remove the old curtains bought three months ago and to hang the pink curtains from my neighbour in my new room some were washed yesterday and the remainder today it is tiring i cannot deny that but i feel extremely happy that i did it the shadow of time when i was dependent on others for daily care and housework is behind me and despite the impending operation i feel a sense of gratitude for where i am now in health and spirit i am pressing forward with fresh hope and new projects and though i am not exactly looking forward to the operation i'll work through it as i have before it was delayed because of my health but there's no dodging it my life is on hold until it's done whatever the new year may bring you be encouraged to press forward hold to your dreams and hopes and like my nana said shoulders back head up and eyes forward tuesday twenty sixth of december two thousand and seventeen bearing the giving of christmas beneath sails i abhor the cheapening of christmas where the giving and receiving of gifts and quality time spent with friends and family gets traced out almost immediately by the sales and bargains of boxing day i received emails on christmas day about online sales available and some were sent the week preceding ugh how gross they have no idea how the very thought of it repulses me their greed shows so blatantly and we have become used to it it is such an everyday occurrence that we don't even recognize greed any more if i responded in like manner and bought what they sent to me i would be condoning their greed all under the accepted guise of getting a bargain oof how appalling yes i've shopped at christmas after sales but i could never get into it there are other sales during the year and i prefer the half yearly or end of financial year which has nothing to do with christmas there's something desperate and grasping about the way people rush into the shops that puts me off new year's day or boxing day sales i took my then young teenage sister in for a few things she wanted once and so hated the elbowing and pushing of people as they swept into the shop from behind us and never went again 
I don't think I even bought anything. People's behaviour left such a bad taste about the whole experience that it put me off buying completely that day. I do not like being separated from my hard-earned money at the best of times, and there was something cheap and nasty about that day, and I felt better off out of it. Buying online is easier, it's less involving, less stress, and they deliver. There is nothing nice about greed of sellers or buyers. I feel that the Boxing Day sales belittles the whole spirit of Christmas. How, you ask? How can greed affect Christmas? Greed is getting, which is the opposite of giving. People may give less if they know there is a bargain to be had after the big day. And greed begets greed. I fear we are becoming conditioned to looking for the sales after the day which takes the focus off what Christmas is actually about. I'm also concerned that for many, the distraction and overwhelmingly heavy advertising of sales, sales, sales signs will take whatever monies might be left in people's bank accounts after they've already shelled out for the most expensive season of the year. They and their families may suffer financially for months after the new year simply because they overspent on bargains to be gained, some of them on big-ticket items which they cannot afford, and they may put themselves into a situation where they have to spend the rest of a year playing catch-up. Sure, it's their choice, but the overwhelming push of advertisements is aimed at taking people's hard-earned money. It's a fact that many families struggle financially at that time of the year, or this time of the year, I should be saying, and there is a conscious drive to separate you from your money before someone else does. We take this incessant, manic advertising as normal. It strives to be accepted as normal. But please, don't be deceived. It is not normal. It's a taker. It is not kind, it is self-serving and greedy for more and needs your money to survive. See it for what it is. Are we really going to accept this taking the day after the spirit of giving? Yuck! I hope not. I hope you start the new year with money in your bank and in your wallet and don't let the flashing signs steal from you and your family all your financial goals and dreams of freedom from credit card debt. Start today. Say no to the after-sales and downgrading of Christmas. Keep your money for yourself by not spending. Friday, 22nd of December, 2017 The Noise of Christmas this may seem a little Grinch-like, but there seems to be quite a bit of noise going on at the moment. Is this the new sound of Christmas? I hope not. Children are yelling on the streets since schools have closed for the summer holidays. Groups of teenagers laugh uproariously day and night, seemingly on their way home, though it may be that they're on their way out. It's hard to tell. There seems to be a rising number of vehicles that drive around with loudspeakers blaring their particular choice of music at the neighbourhood 
and it is not the winsome sound of green sleeves announcing mr whippy the local ice cream delivery that all children listen out for they're so loud i wonder that they could hear a siren were it on their tail it would be difficult for me to hear my own fire alarm though i stood beneath it one woman yelled at a driver as he passed her she was not giving him a christmas greeting and if he couldn't hear her her gesturing would have left him a little doubt that she was unhappy i heard her and him two cars passed each other on opposite sides of the road one day each playing their different sounds and it was a horrendous racket my goodness i thought where are the noise control i was reassured that i was not overreacting when my sister commented this afternoon about a red triumph convertible with an unfettered muffler system and my sister enjoys her music played loudly i wonder that such vehicles could escape the notice of traffic cops for it was certainly above the legal limit of sound and thus in breach of new zealand's exhaust noise emissions i only know of this because getting my car into new zealand involved more than simply paying for it to be shipped here and it has yet to be made legal i know it's been a while it's a long story thirty-four pages of customs papers and somehow i missed the part about having eighteen months to register it before things got complicated four days after i got the car out from conroy shipping company i had the first of four accidents that led to my illness the car had been in storage for fifteen months and i lost track of time i will need to tow it or put it on a trailer to get it registered and i've not had the time nor inclination to tend to it the local vehicle testing new zealand office tried to get the main wellington branch to allow it to register my car here but they said the law does not allow it so my old girl sits in the garage until i can deal to it myself it is too complicated to hand over to anyone other than an agent and i will do it myself when i can travel my old girl was completely overhauled before i left oz and positively hers were i to take up a registering now she would fly through the process there were no hitches with customs and the local vtnz saw no reason for it to fail and advised wellington the same they've offered a letter of reference for when i get it done my mechanic in australia wanted to buy her but i said no and brought her back here in her own shipping container sentimental i know but i saw no reason to part with her the original owner was a managing director for ford and told me that he sat in it as they built it to his specifications i believe him for it is more comfortable than most vehicles as i finish writing this i can hear some happy soul singing as they walk past on the street now that sort of noise i can handle especially as they are singing in tune and have a pleasant voice the grinch in me is settled with the close of day and i have no issue with the volume of a solitary voice singing at christmas time monday eighteenth of december two thousand and seventeen the gift of kindness at christmas time i'm so aware of the excesses of the season 
and can't help but want to do more for others. Christmas is about the gift of Christ to mankind, and whether intentionally or not, we celebrate his birth every year. I like giving and receiving gifts. It is generosity in action. But I am so aware of those who are on the margins of society and may receive little or nothing, and I want to get more involved with giving to them. I was watching a program recently and saw a surgeon who goes to relieve doctors in countries where they have no one so that the doctors can go back to their home countries for a break. They showed a young boy who was in desperate ill health transformed from a twenty-minute operation, and my heart felt so uplifted by the meaningful purpose of that surgeon's life. I want to get involved. I saw another program recently where teams of people from around the world go in search of sex traffic slavery and hunt them down to release the young girls who have been forced into that lifestyle. How exhilaratingly purposeful and kind and good those people are to take action in such a dangerous mission. I believe that children should be allowed to be children and so many of them have not had that choice. When I was a teenager, I thought I wanted to be involved in an orphanage, but, truthfully, I am not a very good practical choice for their daily care, I think. Over the years, I've been on the fringe of involvement with some mission work with the underprivileged and poor, but I don't think my involvement has been enough. There is so much to do, in such need in many countries, let alone my own country, and the scope of it seems beyond my capabilities. The other night I was finishing off some last-minute touches to the windows in the front room. I was getting ready to hang the curtains, and heard shuffling from across the road. I looked across and saw a woman walking on the road. I was worried when a car drove towards her, and held my breath until she shuffled off the road and got back onto the footpath. I called out to her, Are you all right? Hello? Are you okay? She did not acknowledge me, but the window was wide open, and with the light shining in the room, I stood out, and my voice carried clearly on the night air. I could not think of how I was disturbing my neighbours. I could only think of her and I could not let her go past my house if she was in trouble. It was a little after midnight, and I should have been in bed, but I could not go safely to my bed if a woman like this had no option for safety herself but to roam the street. I know the issues of taking strangers in, but where would we be if we didn't take some risks? And I could not ignore this woman, not this close to my front door. I could not. I remember in one country I visited, the nunnery come boarding house that we were staying in was possibly the cleanest place I have ever been in. It was built as a fortress centuries ago and had thick walls and huge thirty or forty foot high thick wooden gates. They also had a curfew, and if you were out late and had not made arrangements with them, paid for or not, you ran the risk of being locked out. 
It was a dangerous time, and there were soldiers with guns, crisscrossed with ammunition belts, over their chests on every street corner. You couldn't go anywhere without banging into them. My friend and I would head for the nunnery at dusk, because nightfall fell quickly, and it was very dangerous for women to be out at night. I remember passing women with infants on the streets, and some of them had nowhere to go. I'm a light sleeper, and the nuns kept a few windows high up near the vaulted ceilings, open at night, and I could hear what was happening outside. I cried many of those nights because of the sounds that I heard, and could not eat most days because it was so upsetting. I've never forgotten it. It tempers my excesses these many years afterwards, and I want to get involved with rescue work. My bad behaviour and selfish ways are exposed fully in light of the life of others, like the woman shuffling past on my street. My street. This is Christmas time, and if I cannot think of others like her because of the festivities, I am of little worth to anyone. Would that I could do more. But if taking a moment to offer a few words of kindness to a stranger can be of any help, then it should be easy for me to do on the eve of Christmas. Please, if you can offer the gift of kindness to anyone at this time, would you? It may be the only gift that they receive for Christmas. Friday, 22nd of December, 2017 The Noise of Christmas This may seem a little Grinch-like, but there seems to be quite a bit of noise going on at the moment. Is this the new sound of Christmas? I hope not. Children are yelling on the streets since schools have closed for the summer holidays. Groups of teenagers laugh uproariously day and night, seemingly on their way home, though it may be that they're on their way out. It's hard to tell. There seems to be a rising number of vehicles that drive around with loud speakers blaring their particular choice of music at the neighbourhood and it is not the winsome sound of green sleeves announcing Mr. Whippy, the local ice cream delivery that all children listen out for. They're so loud, I wonder that they could hear a siren were it on their tail. It would be difficult for me to hear my own fire alarm, though I stood beneath it. One woman yelled at a driver as he passed her. She was not giving him a Christmas greeting, and if he couldn't hear her, her gesturing would have left him in little doubt that she was unhappy. I heard her, and him. Two cars passed each other on opposite sides of the road one day, each playing their different sounds, and it was a horrendous racket. My goodness, I thought, where are the noise control? I was reassured that I was not overreacting when my sister commented this afternoon about a red Triumph convertible with an unfettered muffler system, and my sister enjoys her music played loudly. I wonder that such vehicles could escape the notice of traffic cops, for it was certainly above the legal limit of sound, and thus in breach of New Zealand's exhaust noise emissions. 
I only know of this because getting my car into New Zealand involved more than simply paying for it to be shipped here, and it has yet to be made legal. I know, it's been a while. It's a long story. Thirty-four pages of customs papers, and somehow I missed the part about having eighteen months to register it before things got complicated. Four days after I got the car out from Conroy's shipping company, I had the first of four accidents that led to my illness. The car had been in storage for fifteen months, and I lost track of time. I will need to tow it or put it on a trailer to get it registered, and I've not had the time nor inclination to tend to it. The local vehicle testing New Zealand office tried to get the main Wellington branch to allow it to register my car here, but they said the law does not allow it, so my old girl sits in the garage until I can deal to it myself. It is too complicated to hand over to anyone other than an agent, and I will do it myself when I can travel. My old girl was completely overhauled before I left Oz, and positively hers. Were I to take it for registering now, she would fly through the process. There were no hitches with customs, and the local VTNZ saw no reason for it to fail, and advised Wellington the same. They've offered a letter of reference for when I get it done. My mechanic in Australia wanted to buy her, but I said no and brought her back here in her own shipping container. Sentimental, I know, but I saw no reason to part with her. The original owner was a managing director for Ford and told me that he sat in it as they built it to his specifications. I believe him, for it is more comfortable than most vehicles. As I finish writing this, I can hear some happy soul singing as they walk past on the street. Now that sort of noise I can handle, especially as they are singing in tune and have a pleasant voice. The Grinch in me is settled with the close of day, and I have no issue with the volume of a solitary voice singing at Christmas time. Thursday, 28th of December, 2017 the joy of writing. In case I haven't said it before, I really enjoy writing. I can't imagine not doing it, and if that ever happened, it would be a very sad day indeed. It's nice that there are ways that enable us to record and type as we speak, but I worked very hard to get my typing speed up to the almost 190 words per minute when I'm writing for a day or more, and resent the thought that any technology might take it away from me. Most days the thinking processing slows the writing down, though I'm fine with that. I'd be worried if I rushed the thought process, because good writing requires thought. There are times when my head and heart are so full that the words flow spontaneously and passionately, and it is a wonderful surprise when it happens. Other times, it's like plucking your eyebrows. You have to take a bit of time to get the eyebrow line right, and you need a steady hand or you'd pinch your skin. Having done that a time or two, I know how that feels. I wouldn't know what pulling teeth is like. 
Writing fantasy is a great outlet for believable impossibilities, and wonder and hope truly does spring eternal, as much as the depths of passion or melancholy might stir. I write from the heart of my being, though sometimes it feels like I snatch at thoughts that float on the air. Writing can be all-encompassing and exclusive at the same time. It can be a demanding master or mistress, and outside pressures can war with it for your attention, which makes it hard to concentrate. At times like that, I think of how if you want something bad enough, you have to fight for it. At other times, when it feels like a constant battle is going on, I am reminded that you have to choose your battles. I choose to write every day, and the least that I do is the blog. I miss writing the books. I need to get back to it. I need the depth of commitment that it draws from me. Novel writing satisfies a deep need in my soul, and I feel like it did when I found my home. I can never stray too far from it. I am not a wandering or wandering lost soul. I know who I am. I know more of who I am when I write, and I become more of who I want to be with each word that is written. Be well. I know that I'm thinking of you as I write today. Saturday 30th of December 2017 Berries and Pavlova Every year at New Year's for the past four years I've bemoaned the need for berries and bought the tinned ones because my fresh ones were not ripe though there are fresh berries in the shops. I've planted strawberries and blueberries in the gardens in the front and the rear of the house and will add them with poisonberries and blackberries but they're not ready this year. I love berries, especially blueberries, boysenberries and blackberries dripping in syrup on pav. I like berries on ice cream, with cream and icing sugar on pancakes, and on their own for breakfast or lunch or any other time actually, but especially on pav. Pavlova, which despite argument from across the ditch, originated in New Zealand. It was named after Anna Pavlova, the Russian ballerina, who visited New Zealand and Australia in 1926. It was first mentioned in a recipe in a cookbook in New Zealand in 1926, though it was actually made as a layered jelly, and the first meringue was not recorded until 1929 in New Zealand. Australia had the first pavlova listed in 1935, when a cook claimed that it was as light as Anna Pavlova and thought he was naming it after her then. But it seems the history of the pav goes back as far as 1604 to Lady Eleanor Fetterplace, who called it a white biscuit bread, though it may be that the first real use of the name meringue was by King Louis XIV's first chef, Francois Mazillot, published in 1692 in a chapter on meringues and macaroons. It seems feasible to me, knowing this little bit of history, that though neither recipes boasted the name Pavlova, the dessert itself did not originate in Oz or New Zealand, but the name Pavlova lives on nonetheless in both countries.
As a New Zealander, I stand behind my country's claim purely because the name of the dessert, pavlova, never existed before 1926. Sunday, 31st of December 2017 Reaping the spoils of the garden and barbecuing the New Year's turkey. I was only meant to plant the pumpkin and crimmer seeds and was wearing my good summer heels to get in the mood for New Year's, which I absolutely love because it means off with the old year and on with the new. But then I saw them. Weeds and grass galore in amongst the kale and lettuces, surrounding and almost drowning the watermelon and four different lettuces, cabbages, tomatoes, which I'll use in the salad today. The kamokamo I planted last year, or the year before I think, has returned and is spreading out nicely in the garden like the rhubarb. It all looks a bit higgledy-piggledy, but as long as they grow, I don't care what the garden looks like. I love it all. The rain of the past few days has been good for veggies and weeds alike, and I'll tackle the weeds again in a couple of days. I've been out to baste the turkey, which is being cooked slowly under the barbecue hood. I love that thing in the summer. It takes all the heat out of the house, and it can fit so much under the hood. There is room for everything. I've got two big roasting pans in there now, and I could fit desserts or kebabs out there and easily have room on the second rack for two more roasting pans. The smell wafts through the kitchen, and I like the herbs mixed with orange juice that was freshly squeezed for the basting sauce. I prefer cooking outside, and the cold snap of the past three days has gone, and it is a gorgeous summer's day. Well... I need to smother the pav with cream and fresh berries and kiwi fruit and some passion fruit syrup now. Be well, my friend. Happy New Year to you and to your loved ones. Let's leave 2017 in the past and let 2018 bring you new hope, new joy, and may love and kindness dwell in your hearts and in your homes. Have a blessed New Year's Eve.